Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to Tent Talk bonus episodes. I have gone back into the archives of Tent Talk podcast to pull out these two very key episodes on destiny relationships. So what you're going to hear over the next two days are going to be those that I've pulled from the archives. And then the rest of this series on destiny relationships for the rest of the month of March will be fresh episodes that we will post. But I felt that it was so important to get these out, bring them out from the archives, put them before you in these moments where we all know that the Lord uses people in our lives very powerfully in the proper order at the proper time. But we also know that the enemy loves to use relationships to taunt us, to harm us, to confuse us, to entangle us. So we must begin to recognize the difference between uh, living in destiny relationships or living in desperate relationships. Are you living as a person of destiny or a person of desperation? Take a listen to these two episodes brought in from the archives and then make sure that you stay focused on Tent Talk Podcast for the month of March where there will be other fresh episodes that will be dropped throughout the month. So thanks so much for joining in today and I look forward to us being together and hearing from you. Give it a five-star rating. Drop a review that would encourage other people to take a listen. We appreciate you helping us here at Tent Talk to get the message out. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad that we're back together again today. On today's episode, I want to focus in on are you living destined Or are you living desperate? So I want to challenge you to look at, are you living destined knowing that there is a path that God has carved out for you, that he has everything and everyone on that path that you are going to need to live the life he's called you to, the open doors, the connections, whatever it is that you may have need of is on your path of destiny. Now, living desperate means you think to yourself, listen, I better take what's coming because I don't know if there's anything else. I better take this because, you know, what if nobody else comes along? What if no other door opens? And we live more in a desperation, grabbing for things, clutching for things, frantic about things, rather than becoming settled. This is so key that we become settled in our inward parts, settled at rest, that our Father has a plan for us. He's written a word over us. He has already gone ahead of us and laid out our life before us. Now listen, it's the life you were made for, created for. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're boxed in and it's this horrible life and it's going to be small and it's going to be boring. 
Of course, you do know the devil's a liar. So let us be those who get up, believe our Father, and realize that the big, spacious, wide-open life that he's called us to is the life with him, the life in him, where we step forward in a deep confidence, deep, deep, profound confidence in our Father. That the life that he has laid out for us is the life we were made for and that we are destined to take hold of it. So a part of that destined life are destiny relationships. And they could not be more different than the toxic relationships that most of us have participated in over some portion, if not a major portion, of our life. So let's just launch out today into destiny relationships. This may be the only podcast I do on this, or there may be some to follow. But let's just check it out for today. So destiny relationships... Relationships thrill and haunt us like nothing else. When we first enter them, we're filled, aren't we, with visions of love and laughter, friendship, maybe marriage, and possibly an endless expectation of relational utopia. Once the initial flurry, what we call the infatuation time, the the uh, honeymoon period, once this initial flurry of fantasy wears off, You know, usually we're left with a mild case of disillusionment. And so what we do is we renew our determination to do better in our performance for the other person. You know, we think, oh, you know, maybe maybe I'm just not trying hard enough at this relationship or you know, I'm sure I did something to upset them. And and so we're trying to get our equilibrium back and we're trying to get back sometimes to those infatuation feelings and to uh, those initial days of when things were just so wonderful, right? Because as we go, guess what starts happening is reality begins to set in. So again, if you're a performer and if you tend to think that it's always you that's caused the problem, you will renew your determination to do better in your performance for the other person, or you may then flip and uh, get to your wit's end, and then you vow after maybe the relationship dissolves, it disintegrates, it's over, it wasn't that great, it wasn't what I thought it would be, they're not who I thought they would be, or they've walked off and left me. And you vow never to be so naive again. And, uh, of course, that lasts until the next relationship offers itself. And then guess what? We're then off to the races of relationship again. And our cycles and our circles of relating with people and our expectations and our hopes and our dreams and our desires send us off again looking for that one person. I think sometimes, you know, I've had people say to me, Nancy, you don't really like marriage, do you? (laughs) Of course, I've been married for 33 years. Of course, I like marriage. They'll say, oh, you don't really believe in dating, do you? You know, because of sometimes how I speak to to the wonderful people that are in my life that are single. And I tell them, well, no, I'm not against marriage. I'm not against dating. I am against stupid marriage. And I am against stupid dating. This is where 
We forget the pain of our past. We forget the pain of all the learning and what we had to live through and and the red flags that we once ignored. And then we just start barreling through again. So this is a part of what I, I don't like. Not that it really matters what I like or don't like. But I watch people wounded again, disappointed again. I watch their lives get off track again. And my heart is, is that, come on, let's learn from the things that we live through. Because relationships are a huge part of our life in the Lord and in the kingdom. God wants us to have good, strong, stable, um, healthy relationships. But He wants them to be the ones that He has destined for us and for the purposes for which He has called them into being, if you will. So I've just described some of the, you know, uh, aspects of what I would consider more toxic relationships, the toxic patterns of our own lives. I'm not blaming the other person. I'm, I'm saying we have to look at ourselves. But destiny relationships are of a different breed altogether. Destiny relationships are designed to provoke us like nothing else we have ever known. Destiny relationships, their origins are in God's heart, and they're in His plan for us. And these are the relationships that you cannot work them like other relationships. You cannot manipulate them like other relationships. Because the core foundation of destiny relationships, whether they be in marriage, parenting, work, ministry, or friendship, function according to God's purposes, not ours. And they are often determined by our assignment and our calling rather than just by personal affinity for another person. These are relationships that are not really born out of the soul. They are born by the Spirit of God. They are um, called out as a part of where God will use them at times to provoke us, to sharpen us, to increase us, to correct us, to, you know, to enlarge us, to, to encourage us. But it's always for His purposes. So by definition, all right, by definition, destiny relationships are those connections that are established by God. And they come, now listen to this, this is so key, they come with a preordained deposit for us that we must learn to receive entirely as a gift from God. You see, it's our habit usually in toxic relationships and where the self-life is in control is we're used to having to earn the attention of others and the approval and the acceptance. We're used to, I work for you, I perform for you, I'm fun to be around, and you will want to be around me. And our relationships that are typically more shallow and more soulish are simply by, you know, we have like interest or actually there are things we dislike and we are bonded with people by the very things that we dislike. But when it comes time for destiny relationships, I mean the relationships that are going to catapult you into new levels, these are relationships where literally that person already has a deposit inside of them for you. And so... Um, if I can put it this way, you catch their attention. 
and they begin to recognize it might be someone that's going to eventually be a mentor, a leader, a pastor, uh, whoever it may be in whatever capacity that they they recognize hmm, God is causing me to pay attention to this person. God is put something in my heart for them. Now, that doesn't mean that they're taken with you, that they are infatuated with you, that they just think that you are so awesome, that you're their new favorite. Let me tell you, it's a dangerous thing to have favorites where those things that make you a favorite could one day, um, you know, also flip on you and then you end up where you're ousted and you're no longer in the inner circle because whatever made you the favorite you know, has evaporated. But when it is something that God has put within you, it is going to be that that you realize as time goes by, I am not uh, chosen by this person uh, because of something about me. It's because God, now listen to me carefully. I hope you can understand what I'm about to say. But God will make people like you. (laughs) This is so awesome. God will make people like you that might not like you just naturally because he's put something within them for you. And so they might uh, you know, bring you a little bit closer to them, whether that's in work or ministry or in life. But it's because God has granted you favor with them for your life and for your assignment. It is a gift of God. And the sooner that you can recognize that, you will stop relating to that person based on a performance scale, based upon uh, thinking that somehow you're promoting up because you're so faithful, because you're diligent, because you're you know, this or that. And I'm not, I'm not certainly not against those things. Of course, I want you to be faithful and hardworking and have a great work ethic, all of that. But eventually, you're going to realize, because you're going to fail, because something's going to happen. They're going to have to correct you if they're really sent to you by God. They're going to eventually have to correct you for your good, not to harm you or shame you, but for your good. And you're going to realize, wow, they do see my faults and, and uh, you know, uh, what what if now they found out I'm not you know perfect and they're going to oust me from the group and then you find that they just keep right on moving uh, and they're 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 no more discouraged by your flaws or by your flesh or by anything else because that's not what drew you to them it was God that drew you to them and uh, you know but it is our habit isn't it in the self life to earn and to work to get what we want. And so these destiny relationships have the potential to frustrate you like no other, to disappoint you like no other. They have the fullest potential to ignite and trigger you like no other relationships because you realize I'm not getting something from this person because of what I'm doing. And they don't respond to me the way that I'm used to people responding to me. Uh, They don't flatter me. They don't, uh, um, you know, they don't shower me with tons of appreciation and flowery words. They just, you know, they just call me to walk alongside them and and we just move forward. And and sure, they're, they're kind, they're encouraging, 
Um, they are uh, helpful. They're accessible. Uh, they're willing to share things with you. But they are not wowed by you. They're not overly impressed with you. No matter how great your calling, no matter how great your skill, no matter how great your creativity, these people are, are not wowed by you. They are not impressed by you. Um, you know, and so that could begin to bother you um, because, again, you may be used to, especially if you're a performer or have been a performer, you're used to, you know, being related uh, to by, you know, you're just so awesome and you're just always here and you're just always faithful and you're always, and they don't really mention it. And so that can begin to, to, you know, irritate us sometimes. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. And so we have to recognize that in destiny relationships, the bond that brings us together with these people and holds us together is the Lord himself. You see, the Lord is working within destiny relationships to bless you, to bond you, to build you through people that you cannot satisfy, you cannot impress, you cannot manipulate, you cannot control, you cannot please them, you can't conquer them, all right? You cannot control them. And uh, this is typically why the very relationships and people that will turn us to Him, okay, that will turn us to Him, tend to be the ones that we may even want to run from in frustration, bitterness, or disappointment. Because eventually we determine in our hearts that, look, I can go somewhere else, you know. I can go somewhere else and be more appreciated than I am here. You know, I don't have to put up with this kind of difficulty in relationships where I'm frustrated, that kind of thing. We may even decide that we can find people in places where we will be more appreciated and more valued. I'm going to tell you, you know, there's a statement that's been popular over the years that says, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And I, I understand that on one particular level, but there is a whole level within that statement that if I had personally gone where I was celebrated uh, and not tolerated, it could have been quite dangerous. And I don't mean, again, please hear me loud and clear, I am not saying that you should stay within relationships that are brutal, that are openly, you know, abusive or shaming. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things where it's more triggering you on a deeper level because you just can't get them to respond the way that you think they should be responding to you. And uh, it's important, again, to recognize that in destiny relationships, these are relationships that the Lord is leading you in for His purposes. So in all these things, remember that the Lord's view is higher than ours. He's working a greater weight of gold and maturity in us than we could ever imagine. Because how many of you like me, you know, we can be so easily satisfied if we just have someone, anyone, all right, that makes us feel important and needed. And if those relationships went according to our dream, we probably would never press forward 
into a greater dependency upon the Lord, upon the likeness of Christ within us. We would never step into new levels of intimacy with the Holy Spirit or the heart of the Father. You see, God has plans for us in these destiny relationships where our old patterns of relating and earning uh, approval and and uh, you know being lavished with praise and love god is using these relationships to draw us closer and closer to him and we can see this you know throughout the scripture we can see our you know brethren our brothers in the scripture and look at the paths of john and peter and paul like these guys their their paths would have never really crossed socially economically or even spiritually had it not been for Jesus, these guys were in destined relationships. These were not just guys just hanging out together. These were guys brought together. People in the New Testament church were brought together for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of, of their assignment of what God was doing. They did not cling to each other any any meshed you know, soulish relationships. Now, again, they had issues. These guys were not living in a relational utopia. This was the real thing. But they knew that their bond was Jesus. They were not drawn together by a clique mentality uh, because they weren't in the same cliques. They didn't run in the same circles all the time. They were brought together by Jesus and his plans for building his kingdom in them and his kingdom through them. And even though they were all Jews, their experiences of childhood and education, occupation, and even standings within the synagogue, they were different. One may have even looked down on the other prior to Jesus. How many of you know Saul could have looked down on everybody prior to Jesus? You know, and some of them even after Jesus. I mean, Peter looked at everybody and Peter thought, you know what? These guys are all going to deny Jesus, but not me. All right. And you can see in the scripture, they irritated each other. They were jealous of each other. They rivaled against one another. They competed with one another. You know, the famous Galatians 2.20 scripture, you know, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yet I live. Okay. That scripture, if you go and read it, it's in the context of Paul openly rebuking Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. It's Paul openly rebuking Peter, okay, because Peter was returning to his uh, uh, flesh, if you will, because he was caring way too much about others in high places and about what they thought of him. And you can read this in Galatians 2. And Paul just rebukes Peter. And so sometimes we don't realize the context of this famous, familiar scripture of Galatians 2.20. You know, remember now, we've got to let these guys be real if we're going to be real. And we've got to, you know, blow off the fluff sometimes of, of this, you know, hyper-spirituality when we read the Bible. We've got to look at these relationships and look at, you know, there was, you know, Paul who got irritated with John Mark at one point and said, look, I don't want him going with me. And then later on, we find that he says, hey, look, John Mark is of use to me. You know, bring him back into the fold, okay? So we've got to recognize that Jesus was very real with them in his relationships with them. They had to be very real with each other. 
All right? And when you look at the difference between them before the day of Pentecost and after Pentecost, you will see that they were learning how to live and love and relate with each other and with the Lord in a completely different way. And this is why I always remind people, you know, don't be taking Christian lessons from the devil when it comes to anything, but especially don't take Christian lessons from the devil when it comes to relationships. We need to be learning about life and love and relating from the Lord himself. We learn of him from him because we want to be those that live in relationships that are strong, stable, invigorating, awesome, full of vitality, that has kingdom life running through it, that our relationship and our way of relating and communicating becomes deep and rich, as open and as honest as we're able to. The Bible says, be at peace with others as much as it depends upon you. It doesn't say you have to make everybody be at peace. It says, be at peace with others as much as it depends upon you. So there's a whole way of living that we have to learn from the Lord. But we first have to recognize some of those toxic relationships, places that we have gone with people we should have never gone, that we must learn from that pain that we've walked through in the past and let those um, seasons of pain, let them actually teach us things that will cause us to uh, trust more in what the Holy Spirit is telling us than what um, you know our flesh would want to say again to us oh it won't be like it before don't worry you know and and there again we just go right back into old relational tendencies and patterns now we want to be those who begin to recognize the difference between toxic relationships and destiny relationships. We want to learn deeply. We want to live out of the spirit, not just out of the soul. So we do want to learn of him from him. Because if we're going to live like him, love like him, we've got to be willing to share in this extraordinary way of life and how he expresses love, how the Lord expresses honor and truth and value. And listen, in destiny relationships, pain and choices and boundaries and identity, they're all experienced in the course of this. This is not a life where having no pain is the goal. This is not our goal any longer. That we recognize that if we're going to really be alive and really live, you better know there's going to be some pain involved. And, and there's going to be some real disappointment that may come. But even in all of that, remember, trouble works for you. All right? Anything that comes, this is how he works, as we would say, he works gold inside of you. It will be refined. It will bring you to a richer a place because God will resolve relational issues as we go with him. And more than anything, you're going to learn about yourself. Remember, you're going to mature. You're going to be learning more about you than you are about all the mean people in your life. Because if all you ever do is think, wow, why are all these weird people in my life? Why are all these, we these mean people in my life? Well, because you keep choosing them. And so that's not to shame you or condemn you, but to say, wait just a minute. 
The reason that we keep cycling through relationships in the same old way, falling for the same things, is because something in us has not been resolved. Um, you know, some shallow thinking has not yet been resolved. And we've not gone to the deeper places and having our needs met by the Lord Himself that frees us from our tendencies to keep entering into relationships that disappoint and, again, send us through cycles. So we want to be those who uh, really know the love that God has for us and uh, that we stop fearing rejection or uh, you know, stop living such a, a small life because we've got so many boundaries around us that we can't move freely about. And we think we've got to put boundaries on everybody else. No, what the Word says is to learn to guard your heart. Stop giving your heart away. It's not for anybody else to guard. Destiny relationships will be those that really provoke you to tremendous depths of healing, health, strength, stability, uh, where you are free to love people, but you're not enslaved to people, to their opinions about you, or to the fact that they may leave you. You know, if people are going to leave me, well, I'll miss you, okay? But I'm not going to run after you. You know, remember, are you living destined, or are you living desperate? So we want to be those that begin to let God love us at new depths so that we can be those that truly live in destiny relationships. We recognize them. We're able to discern those things because we are allowing God to love us and value us. He teaches us how to respect ourselves. He shows us where we should set a boundary as we learn what it means to guard our hearts. For from our own heart flows the issues of life, Proverbs 4.23 tells us. So, you know, God is always going to be the one who teaches you about love because He is love. And if you let God love you, you will learn about love in a very profound way because God does not um, cater to you. God is not afraid of you leaving, so God will speak truth to you. God will not violate your will. God will not use you in an ungodly way. It's not possible, right, for God to do something ungodly. So we learn about life and love from Him personally. And this is where we want to uh, learn His way of life. So let me just share these few things with you. And I want you to think upon these things. You know, you will learn that God prefers honesty. God longs for honest conversations rather than a lot of fluff talk that has no substance. And when we are honest, we are closer to seeing the destructiveness of our ways and therefore closer to being granted the gift of repentance. You know, we want to be those who, the, the more honest we get, the more that we fellowship in the light with God, we begin to see the things that we need to see, the patterns of our life. He wants to show those things to us, so we'll give up on those things, and that we will begin to live in His ways. So, it's very important to recognize that if God prefers honesty, all right, and God provokes us to truth within our relationship with Him, that's going to be a part of our destiny relationships. So I want to leave you with that today. 
and again, maybe we will in in the next podcast. We will also continue this this uh, topic of of uh, destiny relationships and how we must first learn in our life with God Himself. We have to learn from Him how to be honest. What is truth? We will learn uh, that God allows for anger, that God lives in the light, that God provokes us to such depths of truth that we have to face that, you know, our our calling in this life is not to control others nor be controlled by others. So there are many aspects of destiny relationships that uh, we need to learn and we need to live in if we are really going to experience what Jesus meant when he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And let me tell you one of the reasons why that's true is because in the the yoke of Jesus is not the horrible pressing um, you know, burden of the fear of man, always living in the fear of being rejected or judged, all of that, because that's not in the yoke of Jesus. I'm not called to live in the fear of man. I'm not called to live trying to impress others. And so maybe we will look at this further next time. But for today, I want you to really answer that question. Am I living destined or desperate? Am I still living in the throes of toxic relationships where I'm having to perform and I'm always afraid of being left or rejected or not being enough? Am I wanting the people that I'm in relationship with to just lavish their attention on me and and I get upset and pout and sulk when they don't appreciate me the way that I think that they should? You know, which which, uh, level are you at right now in those relationships? And are you willing to allow God to begin to really, really provoke you to deeper levels of honesty deeper places of truth, where God begins to speak truth to you, reveal truth to you. He demonstrates truth to you in the way that He interacts with you. You know, God doesn't always tell us what we want to hear, but He tells us what we need to hear because He always has our best interest at heart. And God wants the best for you, and God is the best. (laughs) God wants you with Him an intimate relationship. And so I want you to be encouraged today here on Tent Talk under the big tent of God's presence to realize, man, there is some fire that He begins to bring, some heat that He begins to bring to us so that we will really and truly be encouraged to grow and live at uh, tremendous depths of health and truth and honesty. And so I hope that today has helped you take, uh, you know, your next steps in the process of really living as the person that he's called you to live as with him and in your destiny relationships with other people. All right. So that is enough for today. Think on these things. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in these things. And I look forward to us being together again the next time on Tent Talk as we further explore destiny relationships. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, 
visit nancymccready.com.